0: Fire in the hole! What's going on, y'all? Eddie and Mike podcast, it's going down. Eddie P, my man. Me, Mike. Yeah, like I said, it's going down, guys. So, today's episode, we really don't want to, but we're going to talk about that dumpster fire of a game last Sunday. Uh, (laughs) I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to preview something. uh, Talk about some cheesesteaks. Something like that, uh, Mike. These COVID changes are insane. Uh, I I think they're trying to protect themselves for the playoffs, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Uh, we're going to just talk about the NFL in general. The COVID ill transition, perfect segue. Uh, another, do we have to? But we're gonna, we're going to talk about the Wiz, who everybody beats right now. So that's the show. Uh, Let's get it popping. Um, not really the the, the way we want to start the show off on such a sad note, but uh, even if you don't like football, I know you're into video games. You know who John Madden is. Uh, John Madden passed away. Um, it, it's just it's it's a sad day, especially for some of us who are a little older who can remember him broadcasting games, remember him in the movie The Little Giants. Um, I'm sure there are still plenty of still people who remember when he actually was a coach. See, some people with the game, they don't realize that. John I, Madden was a coach. Not only a
1: coach, but a coach with the highest winning percentage in regular season ever. It's like 75 point. I mean, 759. Like, how you win 75? I think, what's that, like an average of 10 and 6? Something like that. So every season, you walking up, you start and thinking you're going to start 10-6. Man, that's crazy. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I I, I heard that today, and I'm like, wow.
0: Yeah. Like I said, uh, a lot of his counterparts, uh, they're using the term renaissance man. Mm. Uh, Brett Favre, uh, other players have come forward to talk about – just those sort of those meetings, you know, when Madden was going to broadcast one of their games. And he said they didn't even talk about any anything related to football, like not even close, but they would just always have good laughs and good conversation. And like I said, I just I, – I think renaissance man is really the perfect term when you think about someone who was a coach and a good one at that and got out early. You know, like a lot of these guys, like they stick around – because they think they can just keep doing this. He got out early, and as much as he was kind of picked on for rambling and things of that nature and being a little bit kind of off-center, he was a fantastic sports analyst. People, you know, the same way peanut butter and jelly go together, uh, John Madden and Pat Summerall doing a football game was about as good as it gets. I I definitely – those are some of my – most fond and first NFL memories, really, like when I started focusing on football, was watching games broadcast by those guys. Again, I mentioned Little Giants. We all know the video game. You name me somebody else in sports that's not a Ronaldo or Tiger Woods that's done what John Madden has done. 759 winning percentage, by the way. I, um, a renaissance
1: man is the perfect way to describe him because I was taking some notes down for the show and I was saying like, he's pretty much the Benjamin Franklin of football, of the modern NFL. Mm -mm. Um, Like forget the video games and stuff, which is probably the current biggest impact that he um, has right now. Like the video game, as much as we don't like it, um, it's, it's still dominating ourselves so Uh, but i was listening to the Kevin machine um podcast earlier and they were talking about um how he was the the engine behind the first down line um they were in a production meeting and he was writing on the teleprompter or whatever um he drew the yellow line i mean not teleprompter telestrator he drew a yellow line on the first down line and they basically, I mean, and he was like, why can't we just leave this up here during the whole game? And they were like, technology's not there yet. Some people said it'll be distracting. Um, But the um, current CEO of Fox basically was like, that's how that yellow line came to be about because of Matt. And I'm like, he, he is so impactful. We he's done things that we didn't even know he did. (laughs) Um, and that's, that's why I like the man though. Like he, he made the game simple. I mean, he made the complicated simple and yeah, just wonderful commentator, wonderful personality. Um, one of the Bamas I wish I met in real life, <laughs> but, um, never got the chance to, and yeah, it's, it's, it's sad that he passed, especially unexpectedly three days after the All Madden documentary, and I haven't even seen that yet. I have it on a DVR, but I haven't even seen it. So, um, now that, whole, that that documentary takes on a whole new meaning for me now.
0: Definitely does, knowing that that's probably the, you know, the last uh, the last thing you, that he participated in, whatever sort of current footage, interviews, audio that they might have, that, that's, that's it, it's sort of, um, the way I kind of was with some of the marvel stuff regarding chadwick bozeman because that's that's it that's the last stuff that he you know his last work, if you will, uh, as you were talking, the one thing I thought and I thought you know in sports, no, not in sports in sports celebrities, no it, just in life uh, I think we all set out to leave our mark to to truly make a lasting impression and I don't think anybody has really done what John Madden's done. I, I I get that he isn't a scientist curing diseases. He's not, you know, a lawyer uh, doing pro bono work. He's not a politician actually bringing about change. I get that. He's not doing those kinds of things, but when you think about someone in their field becoming so wildly known, widely known, excuse me, and really just for being himself, like I, I I don't know that any of these mannerisms that he had, you know, the boom, like that kind of stuff. I assume that that's just him, you know, that that's the way it came across as him just genuinely being himself. And it just kind of worked out. And again, the, the impression and everything, I think uh, we should all be so lucky to even do a fraction of what he did, you know?
1: Yeah. The, the dude was, it was amazing. Um, I don't remember, everybody's been talking about the him calling, the um, him and Summerall calling big Washington games back in the 80s. Everybody talks about that. Unfortunately, I wasn't around for that. All I can remember are the big games that they called in the 90s. Um, those big, big games. Like, I remember that um, Carolina Panthers, Green Bay Packers, NFC Championship. Um, countless uh, Washington-Dallas games, countless Washington—I mean, Dallas, Philly, Eagles, Giants—like those two, they were the best commentator. Like it felt like they were in the room with us. Uh, anytime you, anytime you listen to a Pat Summerall Madden game, they—they they felt like they were in the room with us. And um, <clears throat> I think Madden would appreciate me asking this question right now, but. Who do you think is, like, the current team that's even close, like, in the realm of Summerall and Madden? Is there – and let's, let's even widen the scope and bring it all the way out to any sport. Is there any commentator um, team that's on par with Madden or Summerall or in that realm?
0: Steve Buckhan,son Phil Chenier, Craig Locker, and um, uh, Joe Beninati. Yes, I'm biased as can be with both of those, but it, like, just just give them a listen. No, I'm
1: talking about Kurt. I and uh, uh, Craig well, Lachlan.
0: Uh, man. Both done, but Ben and Adi and Locker still do yeah. cap. So no, and I'm, I know, man, but you listen to those two. There's there's a good dynamic there. I was going to say. <laughs> oh, good. My bad.
1: I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, you're right. <laughs> those are. Two great commentators. I I can't lie. Um, I don't watch hockey games as much as football, of course. But when you watch hockey and those two, I call them, games, especially Craig Lachlan, they they get so excited. They pull you into it. Like it doesn't matter if you're a hockey fan or not, listening to them calling the game. Like they're pulling you into the game.
0: Yeah, and they give you a little, you know, kind of authentic because hockey is is more of a northern sport, obviously, Canada, some of these other countries that are good as well. So with the accents and then comes sort of the, the, the cultural type of jokes, you know, like when Locker says like that's peanut butter, you put the peanut butter on the top shelf saying that the goal went high top corner like little manners like like you just love it you know it's it's kind of like um for those of you that watch nationals games you know when fp would say there goes the no hitter and i would have said fp and bob but they're also not together and i did just say two other homer uh <laughs> picks, but um yeah some and madden calling a bunch of fox east coast games are my memories um even though this is more it, it has to do with madden but random tidbit do You know pat summerall's not his real name um I do
1: think I know that I also know he used to play like he used to be a punter kicker
0: kicker he's a kicker uh, his name is john summerall <laughs> but what do you call what do you call it when they kick after the touchdown what's it called a p a t yeah what was p a t spell pat yeah is because that in, why they book, Pat? in book, it would say P-A-T, Summerall. Oh, for real? <laughs> I'm not kidding. His name is John Summerall, if you look it up. Wow. It really doesn't have as much to do with Madden, but nah, – no. I mean, how Madden can you – Picker for the Giants. Like, how can – A lot of Giants games.
1: And how can you mention Madden without mentioning Summerall? Yeah, um, they, were, they were like – the crew, but um, one last thing about Matt and before we talk about that monstrosity from Sunday, oh my god, um, please, that's, he he doesn't show favoritism, he never showed that. He you wouldn't oh, he you crazy. couldn't you could never tell, like, because everybody has that bias, like, it's hard to like not be biased sometimes you have certain players that you like or certain coaches that you like. So you kind of lean towards those teams. Like it doesn't matter who wins, but you kind of internally lean towards those teams. You never got that from that. When there was a Scans Cowboys game, he called it down the middle. Um, And I appreciate that because nowadays commentators do not do that. You can tell, like, they're so biased. And I'm not even talking about the home teams, like, um, Locke and Abinadi but um, I'm talking, like, national joints. Like, the Mark Sanchez game from um, Tuesday night, it was just, it was awful, because you can tell that they were leaning towards Philly, even if they didn't admit it or not. Like, you can tell that. And just listening to that was so annoying. Mm
0: Yeah, I agree. So, uh, you know, I, I almost feel like the sadness just is going to continue as we move into this next subject here. <sighs> Skunk rule right away, Mike. Twenty-one, nothing in the first quarter. We had we had the typical Washington hope. Where we're like, all right, we got a touchdown. It's twenty-one-seven in the second quarter, uh, and then it's twenty-eight. 28- the seven in the third, and then I just got away. 56, 14. I think that might be the, the, the worst loss that we've had to Dallas probably since I've been alive. Yeah. It's the worst ever. And, and, you know, the crazy thing was like, I, Dallas beat the brakes off of us. That That's, that's not even a question, but then like on top of that, we helped them, you know, I, I didn't like some of our play calling I I thought, you know, I, I love Heineke, but sometimes I, I feel like he's trying to create this Houdini stuff. I know a lot of it's because of our O-line and we're missing guys. But, I mean, I guess we know what we're doing with our, our draft pick this upcoming season. I mean, we I don't think we're going to be able to get away with not drafting a quarterback after what we've seen this year. And I'm not saying that the team is great and that's all we're missing. I'm just saying, like, Enough is enough.
1: I don't care if they draft a quarterback, trade for a quarterback or what, but the plan for this upcoming season should be to get the best quarterback possible that you can possibly get. Yeah. If you do trade for one of these quarterbacks that may be on the market, may be on the market in 2022, um I still want a quarterback in like the third or second round. And that person needs to know too, like, we're drafting a young quarterback to develop because we cannot have you um retire on us and not have a backup plan. So suck it up, buttercup.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, they ju it just right away Diggs got the pick. You just knew like, all right, that's not a gr- good way to start the game. And I don't want to take anything away from Diggs because Terry did not play well. I mean, you guys I know, know if Terry was if Terry. I, I I put Terry probably second on that team. It'd be Terry <laughs> and Lady Lamb. I put Terry ahead of Cooper and ahead of Gallup. If the Cowboys had the opportunity to do that, they'd do it. Um, and I'm not. It, it is what it is. We had poor O-line play, poor quarterback play. And I'm not trying to disrespect Diggs, but, I mean, the ball was thrown in a way that Terry had to stop and try to come back. And he, you know, he got some superhuman mutant abilities that he can, like, walk through people. So Diggs was there. Diggs made a great play on the ball. Leading the league in interceptions. And it just floodgates open. I mean, it, it, right away.
1: I don't even need to
0: expand on the Diggs interception like on the first play. like he made a play. I'm not trying to take away from him. All I'm saying is the ball was thrown where like, exactly. Diggs had a better chance to make a play. It looked like he ran the route. Yeah. And Haneke was throwing the ball to him. <laughs> yeah. and Again, it's not taking away from Diggs, but, you know, like, I would hope that if, if that happens to our DBs that we'd be able to do that too. Um, I'm not,
1: Eddie, I'm not making excuses. I'm not, um, oh, or complaining. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm being real. Last year, the Cowboy fans, they talked about, um, and pundits, i'm uh, saying Washington only won because that got injured. Um, they took advantage of that, yada, yada, yada. Because let's be real. We hit their his last year too, twice. Yeah, so, but I.
0: I don't think even that 41-point game, still, this this was pretty bad, Mike.
1: I know. I'm not saying that um, we beat them worse than they beat us or anything. I'm just saying we took advantage of their situation. So, when they were talking about they were missing players or whatever, bruh, starting linebackers were out. A starting safety was out. Our best corner was out. Nobody thought Washington was winning that game. i I, I was sending the text message uh, to my guy and i was like there's literally no reason we should win tonight can't pass can't run can't cover and that's exactly what happened like we can't it's (laughs) like and i don't even like i said i don't even say all this to like hate or complain like they did what they were supposed to do um I would say that that day the Cowboys were 42 points better than Washington. It's facts, um, but the refs, bro. I can't. I just cannot with these refs. It was two penalties that just pissed me the hell off. Bobby McCain hit, huh? Bobby McCain hit. Ain't even. That's a that's a coin flip, honestly. Like some refs would say that's um, illegal. Some wouldn't. I, me he looked personally,
0: like he got hit like that too, and they didn't throw a flag.
1: Exactly. And me personally speaking, I think that it was a, based on the rules, it was a clean hit. He did not aim above the shoulders. Um, he did not aim above the shoulders. He contacted his um, midsection first. It was the upper midsection, but it was the midsection. Um, I don't even talk about that. That was, like I said, that was just a coin flip. People were like, Bobby McCain caught the flag as disrespect. No, I mean, it is what it is. I don't think there were evil intentions or anything. Like, he didn't leave his feet or anything. So, but I understand why they called it. So, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about I saw Haneke get smacked in the face mask on the play. I saw it live when it happened. And I'm like, if I could see it live on the TV, on the 58 second delay, <laughs> like how did the ref miss it right there? And if that was bad, the it was the worst. I'm so glad it wasn't like a um, a big moment in the game. Like I'm so glad that I mean it was third down, but I'm glad it wasn't like the fourth quarter or anything like that. Because that lineman for the Cowboys on that pass simply was like seven yards up the field, bro.
0: Yeah, I, I would argue that Lawrence, Gregory, and Parsons as a trio were most certainly the MVPs of that game. I, I realize how uh, Dak balled out. He really did. He had himself a game. But, man, when, you, when you're getting to the quarterback that easy, regardless of whether we had backups or not, when you're getting to the quarterback that easy, you got Lawrence catching a bullet. It was Lawrence, right, that caught the bullet and, mm-hmm. and went down the sideline for the touchdown? Right? That play. You know, like he was there and he read it. He did everything right. But, you know, you're that close to the quarterback, ball comes out that quick. It's hard to kind of time it and then get your hands on it. So, I mean, he, he made a real ridiculous play and they were harassing Heineke all day. So, I'd argue those three guys were the uh, players of the game, the MVP. I'm-
1: I'm gonna be real with y'all. Like, I love defense. I'm like, I like I love it. I don't care. Like, I did care that it was my team that was they, that they were doing it to, but um, like they, they crushed us. Like, it, it was a dominating performance two times against um Washington. Regardless of who was on the field, we've seen teams that had backups that were able to handle other team starters or whatever so like if you're on the team if you're on the field you're an nfl player you're expected to do what you're supposed to do and quite simply the team didn't on sunday and that brings me to rivera um it's funny everybody's like doing this sort of repair progress report and it's wild that it kind of happened um after the Cowboys game. There's still two games left in the season. <laughs> like, the season's still – like, Washington even has a slightly less than realistic chance of <laughs> making the playoffs, if that makes any sense. Um, I don't know, bro. Like, I think, honestly, I wish he was a general manager. Like, I feel like if he was the general manager of the team – and that there were there was another coach. I'm not even I, I don't I don't think Del Rio's the person. <laughs> like I don't think that I'm saying if there was another coach, like I think the team would be better, but I just feel like Rivera gets too old school in his um approach sometimes. And like the only it seemed like the only modern thing that he does or that the team does is go for it on fourth downs. Like I appreciate that, but Outside of that, man, there's no aggressiveness with this team. Their whole ideal is to, um, yeah, let things come to them. They never go and take it.
0: No, I I hear you, and I've heard that theory before. I just don't know who exactly would be the guy we want to get. My first thought, only because of the rah-rahness, would be John, whichever, whichever Harbaugh is at Michigan. Yeah, that's that's Jim. I would all right, Jim, right, right, you're right. I, I realize that just as I said it, how it sounds. so I would I would want to go and get Jim Harbaugh if I could, but given the fact that he's made like, he beat Ohio State pretty, pretty uh handedly,-hmm, they're in the final four for the college football playoff. that's pretty huge, so I, I don't know. it might be hard to get him away from there. So, like I always say, if we're going to replace somebody, I need to know, like, we need to already have a plan of who we're going to replace them with. So, I'm not, I don't have a problem with that theory. If Rivera would be down, I don't know how he would view that. But I I wouldn't have a problem with it. I just think, and I, I hate to, like, add on to the thing, you know, you said you're not making excuses. I really feel like, it doesn't matter as long as Daniel Snyder owns this team. And, and I hate to like be that dark cloud and keep bringing it back to that. Cause Daniel Snyder didn't play defense. He didn't, he didn't have anything to do with 56 points. He didn't sport on us. He didn't. And these next two things I'm about to bring up. Uh, he didn't have anything to do with either, but the fact of the matter is that like all of these negative things have happened since he has bought the team. Shaman voodoo, uh, uh, witch doctors, what have you, Santeria, all that. If they can help us, that'd be cool, but I just really feel like it'd be a lot more simple for him to just sell the team. Uh, without making this too sad, already talking about the John Madden thing, uh, Montez Sweat's brother, uh, Anthony Sweat, was shot and killed in Henrico, Virginia, I believe yesterday around 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of you listening or that will give this a listen probably already know about the DeShazer Everett crash in which he flipped his car upside down and a woman, I believe that that is believed to be his girlfriend, rather Olivia Peters was killed. So rest in peace to both of those people and their families. And I'm not trying to put that on Snyder. I'm really not because it just doesn't make sense. But I feel like until we can get him out of here, these crazy, the team facilities buried on an Indian burial ground theory is going to continue to like be out there. My theory, that is the Indian burial ground thing. But Hey, uh, let's preview Philly. Um,
1: I, I don't think the same thing is going to happen. I don't think Philly's going to put up 56 on us. If they do, that'll be so embarrassing bro. That will be so embarrassing to get put 50-burger on your head back-to-back weeks. I don't think I ever saw a double 50-burger.
0: Philly's coming in – they're coming in a little banged up, too. Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard are both hurt. Sanders is ruled out, actually. I just realized that as I was saying it. But Jordan Howard isn't practicing. I believe uh, Gainwell, their other running back, is questionable. They're going to be missing Derek Barnett, their defensive end. They're going to be missing some guys, too. And I think I've I've always said this for the division teams where you play somebody twice after that first go round where you kind of had like, like, you took some licks, you know, but you, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me or fool me once, shame on. Yeah. Yeah. Shame on me. Fool me. Whatever. I'm I George. Bush. I literally did the George Bush thing. <laughs> anyway, the point is you don't get fooled twice. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, Hopefully that's where we're at—that we we don't get fooled twice, that we we can learn from some of those things. So that's where I'm at. I don't—I still don't think we're going to win, right? But I, I think we put up a better fight.
1: Hopefully they um, figured out how to cover a tight end. <laughs> like, what's going on, man? I I don't I don't blame them last week for not being able to um, cover a tight end because. The linebackers are out. Like, come on. I, like of course results is one cook. I, I I foolishly did not use him in the fan duel. Um, that's my that's my fault. But um yeah, I I really think um they they're they're probably gonna lose, but I don't think it's gonna be horrible. It should be a fun game to watch. Um and ring in your twenty twenty two. Is that what we going with? Or two thousand twenty two? Twenty twenty two. Sweet. All right. So watch that game. Let's <laughs> ring in your your twenty two, man. You're deuce deuce. Any like um, I wish. I wish Kyle Allen was starting, bro. I really wish Kyle Allen was starting. Like I don't. What? What's the point? What's the point of starting Hanaki anymore? Um The magic is ran out. He's reached the ceiling. The arm limits his ceiling. Like, that's it. Like, he's so close to breaking the glass ceiling, but he can't get it because he
0: got a weak arm. <laughs> yeah, He's right there, but he Behind can't break it. Mania is over for Mr. Mike. I, I think – the one thing that I that I would hope I still want like, them here. I hear you. I I would hope the one thing that we really improve on from last week, and I think some of it will come with having more guys available and healthy. Because you know we we were going in like super light. It, it's just the effort. I mean, we were getting pushed around. I mean that that happened in the Dallas game too. Don't get me wrong, but that was just a flat out ass whooping. Whereas this Philly game, like we were kind of just getting pushed around a lot. Like we were in the game for most of it, especially early, we were up 10, nothing, but then they, Philly just, I mean, literally started just bullying us both defensive line and offensive line. So that, that's the thing I'm hoping, you know, that we really come out being the more physical team, the hungrier team, even if it hurts our draft position, got to finish strong. Have you heard anything either about uh, McKissick? I know he was placed on injured reserve with the concussion stuff. but we're, Well, I'm seeing where Gibson uh, – and it might just be a rest day. Wednesday is typically a rest day for a lot of guys. But I'm seeing where um, Gibson dealing with a little hip issue, I think, and isn't practicing. And I, I like the this Jarrett Patterson kid. But uh, it'd be nice to have McKissick <laughs> mixing in there as well. You yeah. see how we lose him and the whole offense just sputters.
1: Um, that's because that's all Haneke was hitting. Like yeah. you can know, tell that was, McKissick was the um offense, but without him, you can't depend on Gibson
0: too much. I think he had two drops again on Sunday. Um it was I know, just, I know the one for sure. Uh it was just hard. You know, after that that early onslaught, it was just kinda like, All right, you know. I was watching, but I was checking my fantasy team, stuff like that too, so. Mike, I think this might have been one of the smartest things the NFL could try to do. They went and changed their COVID rules, and you could argue that guys like Carson Wentz were a big reason why. I'd I'd throw in a Mike Williams and Mike Evans as well. But what they did is they went and changed it. And I want to make sure I'm right here if it's for everybody. Let me see here. So let me see here. Uh, They cut the isolation period from 10 days to five days. And I believe that's for everybody. And what I was also seeing is that there are things like if – let's say one of the symptoms you were having was a fever. If you go a full day without having a fever or fever symptoms with no fever medication, then that's like, that's a clearing of a protocol. So what I honestly think is one, you know, season's coming to an end. They don't want the playoffs greatly affected by this. And then they don't want the playoffs greatly affected by guys who might go through the same protocols had they kept them in place. Are you following me here? Like, let's say they kept these in place, right? And so a Carson Wentz or whoever, they missed these things, and it affects teams getting into the playoffs. Then some of these teams that are in the playoffs, a guy gets on the, pro, the the COVID protocol, and now the playoffs are further affected. So I think this was a fairly smart move, but it was also a, like, necessity. You know, they, don't, they didn't really have much of a choice. But, man, it, I mean, this is just – I. I Talk about this last show. It's just a crazy hurdle to like add in. You got so many guys popping up with injuries, but now you're, you're worrying about injuries and the COVID stuff. And I'm seeing where like they're having hurts. And uh, I can't remember the other guy they got there in uh, Philly. They're having the, Minshew. They're having them practice separately just in case one of them gets COVID. <clears throat> the other one's not a close contact. Smart move by them. Good for them. Um, There's,
1: And now they also expanded the protocol to return from um, a positive COVID test. So basically, if you can prove that there's a um, method they use, it's a method that they can use to prove that you're not contagious. (laughs) Um, You have to either pass that test twice or you have to have a negative, I mean, a positive, yeah, a negative um, COVID test and um, one um, contagious test, let's call it that. <laughs> or you just have two negative tests back to back. So, yeah, they they altered that. Um, I like it. Like, I know we try to call it NFL evil or whatever, but um, <laughs> sometimes they get it right.
0: And well, like I, I, I said, it was forced, Mike. Their hand was forced. Listen to this. It says a record 100 – this past Monday, a record 106 players were placed on the reserve COVID list, and that was the third consecutive Monday for a record high. So last Monday beat the Monday before it, and the Monday before it beat the Monday before it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So their hand was getting forced. And, I mean, listen, these are just a handful of names, Right. Mike Evans I mentioned, Mike Williams, Carson Wentz also mentioned. Judon for the Patriots, that's not a big deal for them because that loss to Buffalo kind of affected their playoff stance, so now they need to win out. Mm -hmm. Judon's a big centerpiece to their defense, having a great year with I think the most sacks he's had in his whole career. Julio Jones hadn't been having the greatest year, but the Titans sure could use some help on offense. Braden Smith, who's a uh, Colts offensive tackle, I mean, the Colts were hurting last week. They were missing three of their starting offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. So they're getting two back, but having this guy missing, that hurts. Shaq Thompson for the uh, Panthers, the linebacker. I mean, those are some big names on, for most of those teams, minus Shaq Thompson. All those teams are in contention. They either have clinched their division or are in a wild card. That's going to be huge. And, uh, you know, speaking of that, man, I mean, you know, we talked about COVID, segue right into the NFL. What you thinking, man? Who's – you you think if if Wentz can clear these COVID that the Colts will continue to be that dark horse? It's it's funny that –
1: The division nabbed up. Right, and it's funny you mentioned him. Um, I saw that the Colts contacted Phillip Rivers today yeah,
0: I, um, I saw that too. I thought that was hilarious. I was looking at that and I was like, man. I was like, I, I bro. That, uh, What's my man? The dude that played for the Patriots. He's a little bit of a running quarterback. I, I can't remember his name right now. Who? Patriots played for the Colts. Oh, Berset. The- yeah, Jacoby Jacoby. Jacoby. There you go. Yeah. I, I thought he was there. Where is he? Is he with Miami maybe?
1: Yes, that's exactly where he is.
0: Okay, you know what? That makes sense. That makes sense.
1: Okay, um, but yeah, who are they playing? They're playing the, the Raiders.
0: Miami's playing the Titans. Colts are playing. Oh, the Raiders.
1: No, I was talking about the Colts. Um, the Colts playing the Raiders. I would, I would think the Colts would be able to handle that. Um, with the Wentz, but without them,
0: I'll have to go with the Raiders. Well, as someone who has Jonathan Taylor in their fantasy team, I <laughs> paid heavily, heavy attention to this whole situation. The Colts are getting two starting offensive linemen back, as I mentioned earlier. Ryan Kelly is coming back and Quentin Nelson coming back as well. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Braden Smith because of the whole COVID thing. We'll see. But getting those two guys is definitely going to help them and I think that Ellinger kid is a little bit of a sleeper. I know this isn't college, but he was pretty tough, dual threat in college. We'll see what happens. Element of surprise and all. Um, kind of some some so-so games here. I mean, they, they'd be interesting, except, you know, w- between COVID and injuries. You know, Lions and Seahawks, I, I could see the Lions winning that game, man. You know, the way things have been going. Russ ain't playing that great. They don't have a run game. They can't really protect Russ.
1: I would I would feel the Lions more if the game was in um, Detroit and not Seattle. But um, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I <laughs> um, like
0: Cameron on there talking about Cincinnati.
1: Yeah. Um, and my guy I've been talking about um, – I mean, not my guy um, – my guy, Amon St. Brown, he's starting to cook. Oh, he really is. He's so, in the game. Um, that's, that's nice to see. Um, what about – we actually need the 49ers to lose to the Texans. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, especially since they playing, um San Fran. But uh, it will be nice if the Texans could pull off the upset. They just beat somebody recently. Um, yeah, be, yeah, my team, the Chargers um, <laughs> Yeah, so hopefully they can pull it all back-to-back weeks um, And take out a California team uh, What other the game are you feeling?
0: is going to be the Cardinals and the Cowboys Yeah um, you know, just, just with the momentum Dallas has And even though the Cardinals are kind of like iffy You know, Hopkins out, Connor hurt Kyler Murray's he's back but is he back back <laughs> oh, well you know what I'm saying and so there's that but they're still 10 and 5 even with all, all that said they're still a good team and they're, they're solid on defense too so I, I think and it's in Dallas so that's definitely going to play a factor there too I think that's going to be the game of the week I'll tell you and I, I hate saying it and I'm hoping I'll do the reverse jinx here some super <laughs> duper psychology Buccaneers Jets kind of scares me, man. I got Brady as my quarterback in fantasy. Mm. He's got a ton of weapons. Um, you know, people aren't talking about it because they're, they're talking about Goodwin and Evans being out. Fournette potentially. Uh, I think Fournette is definitely going to miss this game, but he might come back next week. Mm. But uh, um, Shaq Barrett, who's a uh, like a linebacker pass rusher for uh, the Buccaneers. Pretty sure he's done for the rest of the regular season. They're hopeful he'll come back for the playoffs. If they can, if they win this game, I'm not sure what that means for, you know, if, they, if they'll be one of the teams that get a bye week. I don't think they're getting that bye. Probably not. I think it's out to
1: Dallas or Green Bay. Um, and Green Bay, are, they are hosting
0: Minnesota, too. Wow. So, um, both. Minnesota. Yeah, both. Uh, Adam Thielen, he's out for the season. Ankle surgery, yeah, that sucked. I just a, put back so, um, but um, this Rams Ravens
1: game, um, I'm glad that's a four o'clock game. That should be the national four o'clock game, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, that's that's gonna be a tough one. Rams and Ravens and Baltimore, so. you think so? Yeah, especially if um, Lamar Jackson playing, yeah. it should be an interesting
0: game to watch. I think only if Lamar Jackson. I think if it's not Lamar Jackson.
1: <laughs> nah, man. Um, Huntley was hanging.
0: Um, John- Johnson was hanging, wasn't he? Nah, they beat the brakes off of him. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't know if Huntley's going to be active. So, um, Yeah, they crushed him by 20. <laughs> we're, we're, we're wrapping the season up, and uh, don't get me wrong. You know, we don't sound too excited, it. that's just because Washington's – been having such a bad year but there's a lot of good stories out there really looking forward to the playoffs um, what I'm not looking forward to is this next segment here talking about these whiz these whiz kids uh, you know we I know there was some excitement with Dinwiddie playing well without Bradley Beal there but man, Jimmy Butler and them boys came in and put the whip into us no bam out of bio I said his name all funny didn't I No Bam, no Kyle Lowry. Didn't matter. And he came in and gave us the business. Business. Who's
1: giving them the business?